Taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. And as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. And it's very exciting to be a part of his great commission. It's Sheila Zelensky. The Sheila Zelensky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now. Here is your host, and time watchwoman, Sheila Zelinsky. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this Tuesday, March 31st edition of the Sheila Zelinsky Show. A shout out to all you folks at WWCR and the new listeners at WINB, and to all the listeners tuning in from around the globe. Something everyone has been emailing me about, Jade Helm. So, my good friend Dave Hodges is my guest today to break down this very hotbed of contention. Dave Hodges from The Common Sense Show can be heard Sundays at thecommonsenseshow.com. Dave, welcome back to the program. It's good to have you on. Well, it's great to be here. Happy to be with you. So the Jade Helm military exercise set to take place in nine U.S. states this summer has prompted huge concerns, Dave, about preparations for martial law in America. There's so many different hypotheses going around about behind the drill. Could it be centered around a mock invasion of Iran and Syria, a huge Middle Eastern war, and a key component of the controversial exercise, of course, again, set to take place in nine U.S. states this summer, will involve soldiers operating undetected among civilian populations to see if, what, they can infiltrate without being noticed. What's your take on all this, Dave? Well, I don't have to go very far to find someone in an official capacity who has basically confirmed uh, what I suspect. And that official is a uh, Houston sheriff, and I was on a Houston radio station on Friday. And um, I was on 7.40 a.m., Nick Rakovich, the host, uh, I was on for about 15 minutes, and he said, Dave, what do you think this is about? And I said, all signs point to the fact that it's a dissident extraction drill. And he asked me to explain why I believed it. And I told him, well, and I said, let's just start with one thing. The good footage that was shot by Aaron Dykes and by Melissa Melton, where they showed black helicopters in their area, in landing in open fields. And I told him, this struck me as really odd because there was no corresponding military activity on the ground for these helicopters to coordinate with. 
So I couldn't figure out why we kept seeing the same repetitive scenes until I showed it to a military source of mine. And he said, oh, this is just about transfer of personnel, probably detainees. And I said, really? I said, why in the middle of a field? He said, because you can pull the buses in there, the vans in there, and it's out of the public view. He said, think about what the Nazis did in World War II, where they would go to people's homes at 3 a.m. because they didn't want all the neighbors to see what was going on. And uh, so I, I related that to Nick on his station in Houston, and he confirmed. could have knocked me over with a feather. He said, yes, I interviewed a, uh, a county sheriff down here in the Houston area today, and he confirmed that they're practicing for extractions. What well, was the very next day, Sheila, when the Fort Lauderdale videotapes came out and the still photos of all these black helicopters in Fort Lauderdale, and you see people being forced marched across the street in a crosswalk in single file, and most of them have their left hand on the left shoulder of the person in front of them as they're being marched, and then they're marched up to these waiting white vans. So clearly, that was an extraction drill, too. But it's interesting, too, and Sheila, I wanted to get into this a little bit. No one's talking about the symbolism of Jade Helm. And I'm sure you've seen the symbol, you know, master the human domain, and you see these arrows that are broken right, right. in the center. Right, looks like the talisman. Yeah, well, I published my analysis of this today. And my analysis is this. First of all, the symbol represents a military slogan, Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow is a phrase that was uh, used popularly by American combat troops when their perimeter has been overrun and they're in desperate need of air support and they're giving permission for the airplanes to drop ordnance on their position because they're going to die if they don't kill enough of the enemy and they hope they'll survive. And there was a movie made with Mel Gibson called uh, We Were Soldiers. And I had two military veterans today say, your analysis of that symbol is right on the money. And they sent me clips of We Were Soldiers with Mel Gibson. Well, the rest of that logo is really suspect, too. Master the human domain. And I'm thinking, when I first heard that, I go, this is not an American colloquialism. This is not the way we typically talk in this country, even in military operational jargon. Master the human domain? What in the world does that mean? So I started breaking it down. And on cursory analysis, it looks like the word master would mean, okay, I'm your master, you're the slave. And the human domain would be, we're mastering humanity. Uh, and so I sat on that for a couple of days and I thought, you know, it's really odd. I don't walk up to Sheila and say, hi, human, how are you? And you answer back, hello, human, right. I'm fine, how are you? We don't use that term in referencing each other very often. So to me, mastering the human domain, what would be the opposite of that? The, what would be the non-human domain? Yeah, I think I see where you're going with this. Very. Are you, do you see where I'm going with this? Yes, satanic. <laughs> and so you've got the country overrun in the broken arrow symbol. You've got the word master. No question that's about slavery. And then you've got the human domain, but being used in a third-party reference 
And I first thought, would the Obama administration be that bold to advertise the fact that this is actually satanic? And they're out there in front saying that they worship the occult, and this is the prince of darkness, and this is what this is about? But I don't see any other conclusion here. Well, the question is, would he be so bold? I absolutely believe right now Obama is just absolutely brazen, completely out of control. Do you agree with that? Yeah, he's out of control. Well, and Dave, that leaked document, there was a 2012 U.S. military police training manual entitled Civil Disturbance Operations, and it actually describes how soldiers would be ordered to confiscate firearms and kill American dissidents. I mean, when you look at this manual and it's revealing that prisoners would be detained in, you know, these temporary internment camps and re-educate, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Re- Sheila, I think you're referring to FM 339.40. The resettlement Re- operation. Resettlement and internment, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, you know what's interesting about that? There's probably not a subject out there that I take more heat on then I say that there are Russian troops on our soil today training for martial law subjugation of United States citizens. I get more criticism for that view. It doesn't matter if I show Sherry Wilcox's video of Russian soldiers inside DHS vehicles going into western Kentucky on the interstate, and she's driving next to them videotaping them. People don't want to believe that. They don't want to believe all the first-hand accounts of people that have called into my show. They don't want to believe the still photos that have come out by the dozens at Fort Carson base in Colorado. I've had GIs from Fort Carson said, yeah, the Russians are here. They're aloof. They're separate, but they're training here. Uh, all this stuff, but here's what's interesting. In that document you just referenced, it says that the running of the camp will be turned over to foreign soldiers. Right. And if people people went to my website at the common sense show.com, Sheila, they'd be able to put in FM three thirty nine dash thirty nine point four zero. They just put that in, they'd come to these articles where I've analyzed this from different angles, and they will see the proof for what I'm talking about is that the Russians are going to be part of this. And oh by the way, one of my military sources told me he says, you're going to get heat again. I said, why? He says, because the Russians are going to be part of Jade Helm. Well, of course they are. This is a, uh, this is a pre-martial law extraction drill. I don't believe Jade Helm 15 right now is the martial law drill. I believe it is a pre-martial law extraction of dissident drill. Why would they initiate an action by coming in through Canada? They're not. Uh, all due respect to the people that are reporting this. It just doesn't make any sense, and, and I don't mean any disrespect to anyone's hard work. I saw a YouTube video where a gentleman had great overlay maps, and he did make some excellent points about known Russian locations in the United States, but they're not coming in from Canada. That is not happening. And particularly since Jade Helm is in the southern underbelly of our country, why not just put him in Mexico where there's no controls, there's no law and order. There's no one that's going to challenge. Yeah, there's totally no that's, security to speak yeah, up, really, is there? Exactly. So that's, that, that doesn't even make any sense on its face. So, you know, the Canada story is just not valid. And, and uh, besides, the Canadians have a bilateral defense agreement with us that the Mexicans do not have nearly as strong a one where the Canadians would be obligated to stop this. 
well, if the Russians were coming in through that northern border without the permission of the dictator Obama, I mean, obviously they'd be obligated to act with that treaty. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what's interesting about this. Thank you for Jade Helm 15, as long as I'm not one of the ones who are going to be really extracted. Because when you have a drill like this, you always worry that it's what they call a snap exercise. Yes. And a snap exercise is where the drill goes live, and then they come and snatch me and my family in the middle of the night. So if that doesn't happen, I'm actually thankful that this has happened, because Jade Helm is waking up the mainstream. Let me explain. I was on a mainstream business news station in the afternoon on drive time in Houston. An hour later, I was on in Provo, Utah, covering all the way down to Salt Lake City. And that was a Fox news station, and they gave me 45 minutes of unabated coverage of this. They did not try to influence my content, nor did they censor me. In fact, quite the contrary, the host was gushing with praise. Uh, This is mainstream, and people in Utah are really upset. People in Texas are really upset that they've been designated as a hostile state in this Jade Helm drill. And, you know, Sheila, thank you, Obama, for being this brazen and this stupid because he's doing our work for us. This one drill will do more than 100 broadcasts people like you and I can do because it's making the rank and file sit up and ask questions. I had a lady write to me today, and this is so typical. And the letter went something like this. Dear Dave, I've listened to your show, and although I do admire your skills as a radio talk show host, I have always thought you were a little bit on the edge. A nice guy, but a little bit on the edge. After hearing about Jade Helm and going to our county commissioners meeting down here in Texas, I have to tell you that I think you're in the mainstream now. This country has been taken over by rogues and thugs, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for withstanding criticism to stand your ground. Signed, Dorothy, blah, blah, blah. This is the kind of thing that's happening now. Average mom, pa, kettle, who know nothing about the New World Order, are being awakened. Thank you, President Obama. Well, and let's face it, Dave, you've done a lot of coverage. You you were on my show two years ago talking about Russian troops on American soil when no one would touch it with a 10-foot pole. And what about the GRID-X2 drills? We talked about that as well, ostensibly designed. It would really simulate a power grid takedown, and they were involved in those drills. Yes. Yeah, and I documented that nine times Sunday, and people didn't want to believe it. The coup de grace, the sinequinon, of the Russians are here and they mean us harm is the fact that we have copies of a FEMA bilateral agreement. I can't believe the government hasn't scrubbed it. Obama first approved it through FEMA in 2011 and it was a con- it was a, a conjoint agreement between FEMA, Obama and the Russian foreign ministry to send 15,000 troops here in 2011 to do quote disaster training. My first reaction was, you know, what the heck? Did the National Guard go on vacation permanently? Where's the fire department, the EMTs, the paramedics? Why do we need the Ruskies here? This was the first time we ever had Russians come on our soil. And then two years later, Janet Napolitano approved 15,000 more. Now, if they're bringing in 15, 
Why not bring in 150? Do we really know how many they're bringing in? Is someone at the border actually counting, like we're counting the number of illegals coming into the country? So is this, you know, the whole thing here stinks to high heaven. But let me give you a question, Sheila, that people ask me and they get confused, and I understand their confusion. We're on the verge of World War III with Putin on one hand. Actually, it's not Putin, but with the Russian hardliners now that are controlling Putin. And we're on the verge of World War III over Syria, Iran, or Ukraine. Take your pick. You know, you've got three shell game pieces here. That war could start on any one of the three. Yet at the same time, we're preparing for war. Obama's opening up the back door and letting our enemies in. Why? Well, we have to go back to the year 1987 to get a good metaphorical description of what's going on. 1987 is when the miniseries America with a K started becoming really popular. And I I remember that miniseries and I watched most of it. And it was about an American president that basically sold out to the Soviet Union. Uh, And and I've since watched that series again. And it is bone chilling. And this is going to go a little off of Jade Helm, Sheila, but I think the listeners need to hear this. Because they're going to wonder, Dave, come on, World War III on one hand, the Russians in on the other. Which is it? Make up your mind. It's both. It's both because the man in the White House is a traitor. He's setting this country up for defeat. He's the classic Manchurian candidate, and I can prove it. If you go to my website again after this interview and put in the Russians are coming into the search engine of the commonsenseshow.com, you can read about Obama's background. But I'll briefly go over it here. His mother, Ann Dunham, worked with Tim Geithner's father at the Ford Foundation, which was a CIA psyops operation connected to MKUltra. Hence my strong suspicion that Barack Obama and his half-brother, Malik Obama, who's in charge of the Muslim Brotherhood Finances and Arms Procurement, both were in attendance at. His real father, Frank Marshall Davis, well-documented by Larry Grathwall and others, uh, was on the FBI most watched list for 19 years for his communist activities. And who launched Obama's political career? And I'm only giving you the highlights now. I mean, i got tons more detail coming out of Sheriff Jorah Pyle's investigation of Obama, but just sticking to the highlights now. Uh, Bill Ayers, the head of the Weatherman Underground, and they weren't some hippie anti-Vietnam war group. They were hardcore communists trying to overthrow this government. Their parents were successful. Tom Ayers was the head of Con Ed of Illinois. These people had master's degrees from Ivy League schools. Bill Ayers, Bernadine Dorn, both did prison time. They launched Barack Obama's political career for the state Senate in their Hyde Park, Chicago home back in the 1980s. This is, you couldn't make this stuff up. And then who also was part of the Weatherman Underground? A guy named Vernon Jarrett. Who's he? He's the father-in-law of the senior White House advisor, Valerie Jarrett. And you keep coming back to these. And Obama received, when he was running in 2008, he received the endorsement of the Communist Party, various communist groups, and Russian defectors from Bezmenov to Lunev. All of these Russian defectors who came in in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s all said, someday we'll have our guy, that's our plan. 
uh, is the plan of globalists to have a communist hand over your country to us. Well, and do people realize, Dave, that Zbigniew Brzezinski was his mentor as well? Not just Valerie Jarrett. That's disturbing enough. Yeah, Brzezinski was, um, well, this is, this is ironic, or not so. Brzezinski was Obama's Soviet studies instructor yes. at Occidental College. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Sheila, I, I, I could not... make this stuff up, Dave. <laughs> I know. If I was going to write something and just try to defame this president and not care about the facts, I couldn't think of this stuff. I mean, I was totally shocked by this. And I'll tell you something interesting. Um, where I really got onto Obama's background was because I was so fortunate to meet and become friends with Larry Grafwall. And Larry was uh, hired as a young kid back in the late 60s, early 70s, to be an FBI special informant. And uh, Larry's job was to penetrate the weatherman underground. And I'm going to bring this right back to Jane Helm. So I interviewed Larry three times. We talked a bunch off the air. Larry told me he had a very pointed conversation with Bill Ayers. And see, I believe the Weatherman Underground really is the group that you could say Obama represents their philosophy. And Bill Ayers was asked by Larry, what will you do if you ever win? And he seemed to be caught off guard, Larry said, by that question. And Ayers sat there and he said, well, you know, the first thing we're going to have to do is incarcerate, and I, and I hope your audience is sitting down because this is going to be bone-chilling in light of Jade Helm 15. Larry said these words directly on my show, that he said that the first thing we'll have to do is probably incarcerate 50 million people in the American Southwest, and we'll have to do away, meaning murder them, about 25 million of them. So think about this, folks. The Dave just gave you the history of Obama. You've got Ann Dunham working for Timothy Geithner, this total psyops run by the CIA, the Ford Foundation. Most of Obama's relatives, Dave, were involved in MKUltra. So here's a Manchurian candidate. He was raised by his avowed communist father who was on the FBI watch list for commie agitators. So both sexual perverts. And then enter Valerie Jarrett. I mean, her family was married into the Weatherman Underground. Are people making this connection that they launched Obama's political career? His dad, think about it, was on the, this avowed commie agitator list. Her family is connected to the Air families. Do you think people are making this connection at all? And then, of course, good old Zbigniew Brzezinski. So you have the perfect creation of a communist born, bred, and raised as a communist neo-fascist here. You know why I can say this without blinking an eye? because I can prove every word I've said. And to some people who are uninformed and ignorant of these facts, they're going to say, Dave Hodges is crazy, and Sheila Zelensky might even be crazier for listening to him. <laughs> but the fact remains is that I can prove this nine times Sunday. Let me give you another piece of proof that surfaced. When Jorah Pio was attacked for daring to saying we're not going to allow illegal immigrants to overrun our county here in Maricopa County, which is where I live. I live in the far northern part of it, out in rural Arizona. And Sheriff Joe is my sheriff. Well, Sheriff Joe did his investigation on Obama's birth certificate, well-publicized, well-published, and he said it's a fraud, and it's a fraud, and everyone knows it's a fraud. But that isn't the big story. Tom Ayers, the father of Bill, had a postman for 27 years named Hutton, First name escapes me. And 
<laughs> Joe Arpaio had his people take an affidavit from him. Now, folks, this is a sworn legal statement given under penalty of perjury. And what Hutton said was that he had several conversations with the heirs about a young man he had met who introduced himself by saying, oh, yes, go to Harvard and I'm going to be president someday. That's what everybody tells me. And that the heirs family said they were paying for the education of a young black man from Africa. Now, this is sworn testimony from the postman. Sworn testimony, yeah. Now, you know, if you're, if you're t- out there talking to your postman, this is the old days when they used to come up to your house and drop the mail right into a little box, you know, outside your front door. Not where you have to run off to some community box now. But uh, this is when your postman knew you and he knew your business. And here he's giving sworn testimony. I've got that in that article, by the way, that, that particular piece of testimony. And you can hyperlink right to the affidavit. Like I said, again, you cannot make this stuff up. I wouldn't even think of hey, the postman's going to indict Obama for being a foreigner. This guy was a Manchurian candidate. I mean, who was this guy anyway? And this is why it's central to understand this, because you can't understand why we're on the verge of World War III on one hand and we're being taken over uh, with this uh, civil insurrection being promoted by our government of doing extraction drills, and I'm sure this will be followed by more martial law drills. Well, and in concurrent to that, Dave, you've got a complete economic meltdown is about to be unleashed against the people. So you've got that ensuing chaos. You've got that great pretext for the imposition of martial law. And, well, the New World Order will wipe out all the notion of private property and constitutional liberties. You and I have talked exclusively, and we've talked very detailed about Agenda 21. They want you in these little micro stacking packs and saving the planet. I mean, it's absolutely stunning that you've got World War III about to commence. It's all a big culmination in the complete, total destruction of America, and it's all one globally orchestrated plan. Let's jump ahead a few years. There's a website, and I haven't been on it now for a few months, but I'm suspecting it's still there, and it's called America 2050. And I don't remember if it's a .org or .com. I suspect it's a .org. But you can go to Google and put in America 2050. But one it's of the America2050.org, too, by the way, Dave. Okay, thank you. Well, they uh, see, the memory's not going yet. <laughs> no, you're talking about the site with all the, the, the mega regions and the maps and the... The prospectus, yeah, Yeah, okay. Well, I may not be able to run the 40 under five seconds anymore, but I can still remember my facts. Good job, Dave. So so here's here's the deal, Sheila. In in one of the maps, there's so many telling maps in here, but one of the more telling ones is that there are 11 urban centers called for in the future. That's it. 11 urban centers, each with 6 million people. Uh, wait a minute, that's 66 million people. We have 316 million people. We're missing a quarter of a billion people here. Where'd they go? Yeah. Where'd they go? See, that's the end game, folks. This is the end game. I guess there's one question that can now be answered. At least we know why the NDAA was signed into effect. Well, I'll, I'll tell you another thing that came to mind with the end game of uh, 2050, America 2050, it's uh, the Hunger Games. If you remember the early scenes of the movie when they're taking the uh, the pledges to do the fight um, to Capital City, 
they're on these bullet trains and these vast wildernesses and there's 12 districts and it parallels the 11 that we see in America 2050 um, they have vast wilderness areas the America 2050 map we see that in the Hunger Games and what's really interesting Sheila about this whole thing is that all these Agenda 21 issues that are written about in the, the original Hunger Games. In fact, remember they had the boundary around the community, and you couldn't go past the boundary. They had drones patrolling. It was illegal to hunt your own food. Yes. Get your own food from the government. All these things that are Agenda 21. Now, the person that wrote this is named Suzanne Collins, as most people know. And what's interesting about Suzanne Collins is I went and did some research on her when she would return my inquiries for an interview. And I thought, well, let's see what she's about. Up until the Hunger Games trilogy, she wrote nothing about politics, economics. Everything she did was children's fantasy. I mean 100%. Now, that could have just been a coincidence and she had a sea change, but she had a sea change like a pro. I remember when I was sitting in the movie theater with my family watching Hunger Games for the first time, you could have knocked me over with a feather. My wife kept looking at me for my reaction. And I don't believe she wrote it, and I'll tell you why I don't. Because of a lady named Margaret Hadix. And Margaret Hadix wrote a book called Among the Hidden. And in fifth grade, my son read the trilogy of uh, Suzanne Collins, the Hunger Games trilogy, and he read Among the Hidden, and in that, they had uh, calorie restrictions for people. They had the population police. You could only have one child. If they caught you with two, they'd kill the family. Well, I did some research on Margaret Hadix, far less well-known. And sh surely, she would have come on to a radio show like yours or mine to promote her work. I invited her no less than four times, and she would never respond. And I went and did some research on her, and guess what I found? She had never, ever written anything about Agenda 21, population control, and what was her background? Children's fantasy books. Travel around to the elementary schools and sell her books to first and second grade classrooms. It's, this is, I really believe the globalists wrote Among the Hidden for little kids, condition them, get them used to it. And I believe The Hunger Games is a conditioning psyops movie. And I believe that both of these works, uh, both of these authors, are backed by people who did the writing. Now, these ladies may have written the words, but they did not create the storylines. They wouldn't have had the expertise. In fact, Suzanne Collins even shunned, when Hunger Games became such a hit, she even shunned major interviews. I, I saw her on Good Morning America, and they, didn't, they may have asked her, you know, what color she paints her toenails in the morning, because it sure as heck wasn't about the themes of, of her movies. I mean, the interview was actually a joke on Good Morning America, because I thought, well, she won't interview with me. Let me watch this interview, and I'll pick up something. I got nothing. And that's by design, because I think she knows nothing. And so, anyway, let's go back to, to the original point, though. When we talk about Jade Helm, and we talk about uh, FM 3-39.40, and, and I want to get into 13603 in a second, too. Uh, when we look at, at these things, Sheila, what we really find here is the beginning of the subjugation in the United States. Jade Helm is about coming in and getting the leadership. They're going to grab people like you and I and people like Alex Jones and John B. Wells and so forth, 
and they want the leadership, the people who can actually lead somebody, people who are listening to them. They, they want those people gone. That's what Jade Helm is all about. It's an extraction drill. The next thing that will follow will be a, um, a martial law drill. And Jade Helm could grow into that. I'm not saying it won't, but I'm saying in the early stages right now, all signs point to a simple extraction drill. And then they're using the death domes. You may have heard that term. 28 death domes have popped up around Texas, and there are dual-use facilities like a place in Edna, Texas. They have a death dome that's doubling as a high school gym. What a great place to crowd thousands of people into. This is what they're building towards, and the end game will be a Hunger Games kind of society. It'll be America 2050. It's all the same thing. It's all based on the same premise. And, it, and if you take America 2050 at its correct date, I think it's going to happen far earlier. You know, you only have 35 years between now and then to the complete subjugation of the United States, and we're living under Hunger Games. But some of the people I talk to thinks that this is going to happen between 2025 and 2030. It's Every- very revealing, isn't it, when you look at the intent of Jade Helm 15 and the growing coincidental presence of these death domes, Dave, because they're nearly escape-proof. One might think of, hmm, FEMA camps. I thought FEMA camps weren't supposed to exist, Dave. No, they don't. Right. <laughs> they don't. That's, that's what I hear. I hear that's only tinfoil conspiracy theorist thinking. In fact, on my website, I have put maps that came with the Army internment resettlement documents. If you go back to 2012 on, on my website, and, and, and I do FEMA articles, FEMA camp articles on there, I've got requisitions that are going to FEMA camps. I mean, they want this kind of supplies. They want to be able to deliver them this quickly. And it's all for FEMA camps. But, you know, don't confuse people with the facts. I, I think what people really need to look at, too, and this is what got the Fox News Station's personnel attention when I was on their show on Friday. As I said, we just can't look at Jade Helm in isolation. We talked a little bit about uh, FM 3-39.40, but I also want to talk about Executive Order 13603, and that's 13603. And I hope people, again, will go to my website. I've written so many articles on this. It's a huge, huge executive order. And what it basically is, it's the complete subjugation of this country based on the whim of the president. He doesn't have to declare martial law. He doesn't have to have an emergency or approval of Congress or the Supreme Court. He can just act on his own volition. He can take over every single resource, every piece of food, water, livestock, food production, transportation, manufacturing, mining, you name it, anything that can grow, that can breathe, and that can make money, he controls during this process, but it doesn't stop there. Under, uh, in Section 601, and they talk about this in two different sections, but in Section 601 of 13603, they talk about the fact that they are going to have two different kinds of drafts. One of them, of course, will be your traditional military draft, and the Selective Service will be involved. But the other draft is under the Secretary of Labor. And I thought, well, that's odd. Until I remembered this phrase, and then I'll give you the catchphrase when I'm done quoting our illustrious leader. We need a civilian force that's just as strong, just as well-armed, just as powerful as our military. We just can't rely on our military for our national security needs, blah, 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 blah. Okay, he made that statement as he was running in 2008. Well, what? 13603 calls for in Section 601 
is the conscription of what they call consultants, who are described as people who are um, um, talented in their areas, experienced in their areas, and they refer to them as consultants. And consultants as such do not have to be paid. And I want to say this again. This is right in writing. It's that direct. I'm not inferring anything. The language is very straightforward. Consultants are not paid. Hello? They can draft you into slave labor camps. So when Alex Jones has been telling you for all these years that there are civilian inmate labor camps coming, he is 100% right on the money because it's in one of Obama's executive orders. And people say, I don't want to believe it, they'll never do it. Really? Well, then why would he bother to take the time to initiate something like this? Well, Dave, let's step back a minute and take a macro view here. You've got deep psychological conditioning. So on one hand, you've got brainwashing. You've got these slave labor camps. World War Three is looming, an economic collapse, martial law. Could Jade Helm 15 be our version of the Reichstag fire here? I mean, Crystal Knight, is this what we're talking about? It could be. I mean, right now, all I'm willing to commit to with Jade Helm, all I can prove, is it is an extraction drill. And who would you extract? Dissident leadership. And this is classic for any um, martial law takeover. Prior to a declaration of martial law, you want to go in and take out the resistance. It's kind of like if you go bomb a country, what's the first thing you do? You take out the command and control. You go in, you bomb their radar, their surveillance, and so forth, so they can't see you coming. Well, when you take over a country with, with martial law, you want to do effectively the same thing. Take out the people who are the watchmen on the wall. Yeah, you want to subjugate the home front. Exactly. So if, can you imagine tomorrow what 10 to 20 million Americans would do for news? If you and I were gone, Alex Jones was gone, John B. Wells was gone, and we run right down the list of really quality people, that, you know, you could go a couple hundred deep. Can you imagine if all of us disappeared in kind of reverse rapture? And we were raptured by the New World Order, okay, and gathered up in a single night of extractions at 3 a.m. in the morning. You know, what kind of a shock would that be to the system? See, I will tell you this. When extraction happens, martial law will happen probably within 24 to 48 hours. You want to impose this on people when they're in shock. When people are in shock and they're confused, they'll do what they're told just like frightened little sheep. You'll get very little resistance. So you come in and snatch these people off. Martial law will come with a brutal force. Very brutal. It won't be subtle, will it? Exactly. It won't be subtle. It'll be brutal. Well, Dave, they can sweep in. They can swoop in. Brutal. Not so subtle. But I'll tell you what. I'm not going to a FEMA camp. (laughs) I um, was talking to my friend Paul Martin today. And I told Paul, when they come... For me, that day comes, I will not be going to a FEMA camp. I'll either escape or I'll be leaving in a box. Yes. And people have to make their own choices. But I know what the Nazis went through. And I, I know I know what the Nazis did to their victims. And I know what the death camp survivors did. I know what Pol Pot did to people. We had on Roger Brown last night. And he compared Obama to Pol Pot and what's coming, and uh, the comparisons were pretty valid. We're headed for some really dark days. And and I hearken back to the words of Alexander Solzhenitsyn, 
who wrote when he was in those Siberian death camps that we didn't love freedom enough because if those KGB agents would have doubted that they were going home that night because we fought back, you know, we picked up a shovel, a knife, a hammer, and we fought back, and some of them might not have gone home. Maybe they wouldn't have taken as many as they did. What was it? A fourth of Leningrad was taken? Yeah. Um, it, it's just, it's remarkable. And I think Americans are, are going to have to develop the same mentality. Um, that can slow them down. And, and I'll tell you, the more you slow them down, the more you give the military a chance to change sides. Because at the heart of every boy who joins the military, he sees the flag, the attractiveness of the uniform, he falls in love with the tradition, his comrades in arms. He's not joining up to serve bankers of the New World Order. You know, he's following orders in the field. But at some point, you think that duty and honor and commitment will come to bear, and his promise to defend the Constitution of the United States will come to bear. In fact, actually, I have an invitation right now to speak to the Oath Keepers in Chino Valley, Arizona. And I'm going to take them up on it because I'm going to remind them it's their duty to remind everyone that they have contact with that uh, not to obey illegal, unlawful orders. Those people that were flying those helicopters in Fort Lauderdale last week terrorized that city, scared the heck out of the rest of the country with what they were doing. They ought to be ashamed of themselves. They can't even dare call themselves Americans. Here we're supposed to be preparing for World War III, and we're subjugating Americans in drills. I mean, what's this about? Since when did I become an enemy because I don't like this president? But even if we question the nature of these exercises, Dave, we've come under fire from the Army and even other mainstream media outlets. We're supposed to yeah. be just closing our eyes, shutting up, sit down, be nice little compliant minions, and don't ask questions, Dave. Well, I, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. I've seen the Army Times. I've seen all the stars and stripes. Again, the journalists that wrote that ought to be ashamed to call themselves an American. They ought to be ashamed to put on an American uniform because they have to know they're lying or they have to just be incredibly stupid. It's no, quite appalling. I have no patience for military personnel that violate their oath of service. And the same thing goes for the policemen. Although I will tell you this, I think the policemen are going to be a tougher sell as well. I really do. They're civilians. They, they don't live on a base. They go home and live in communities, and their kids play with our kids. They're on the same Little League baseball teams. They go to Boy Scouts together. They're part of us. You know, I know the cops are taking a bad rap today, and when you militarize your police, you're going to get a lot of what we're getting. But at the end of the day, the vast majority of our policemen are part of our community. They're you and me. They want the same things out of life we do. They want to do their job, return safely home at night, and be left the hell alone by their government. And I think the police are going to be a tougher sell. I really do. Dave, what is Congress doing? I mean, I know they've been marginalized, and the office of the president has absolutely been compromised for a long time. But, I mean, what kind of meaningful resistance could come about? I just, uh, not none, zero. Um, who's Ted Cruz's wife? Right. <laughs> yeah. Point. Who does she work for? Yeah. None other than the good old globalist... Kingpin Goldman Sachs. Exactly. Goldman Sachs. None other than the perpetrator of the Gulf oil explosion. There's who she works for. 
You know, it's incredible because you and I had talked about Peter Sutherland before when we were getting into the Ebola, his position. It's so interesting. Peter Sutherland always comes up in every conversation, Dave. I know. He's he's the original bad guy. Peter Sutherland, and we talked about Bilderberg Mastermind, head of the Migration Council. So when you start to see population relocation, Dave, this is the guy who will be in charge. Good old non-executive Goldman Sachs, the great Gulf Holocaust, as Dave alluded to, his involvement with the UN. He is the operation leader. This guy is the face of global policy here. Yeah, you're exactly right. I should probably resurface some of the Goldman Sachs conspiracy stuff to kind of expose who the forces are that are going to overtake this country. Because, see, it's going to be international. There's going to be enough of a pushback from the American people at some point that international law will come into effect. And, see, a lot of people aren't aware of this. And I wrote about this about a year and a half ago, and, oh, the Canadians came unglued. They were so unhappy with me. But I said that when this happens, we're going to have Canadians screaming over the border trying to subjugate Americans. And I said there's going to be... There's going to be Chinese, there's going to be Russians, it's part of the UN. And the Canadians go, we'd never attack you. I believe the Canadian people wouldn't. But their government signed an agreement in cases of insurrection, they are obligated to provide troops. It's a treaty uh, agreement that they have with us. So it's not like they can just back out of it. No, it's not like they can back out of it. And let's not forget the Clive and Bundy showdown with these solar energy zones. Chinese come in, boots on the ground, Chinese law in place in these agreements. I mean, this is just quite stunning. What's interesting about those solar energy zones, they've made them inland ports designations, which means they're actually sovereign Chinese territory. A lot of people don't know that such a port exists in Kansas City. It's called an inland port which means it's kind of like what we've done with Long Beach. We've given Long Beach away to the Chinese, Long Beach Port. Well, we've done the same thing with the Kansas City inland port and other inland ports around the country. They were trying to do the same thing with the Bundy affair, and Cleveland Bundy said, oh, sorry, this is my land, uh-uh. To me, that whole affair affirmed the fact that Chinese are being had a control of solar energy inside the U.S., It's being facilitated by Harry Reid, the solar industry and the Agenda 21 designations. The Chinese are being shown how to control the entire energy grid of the U.S. And so they they had access to highly secured areas during the Grid X2 drills, Dave. So is this a clever scheme to sell off below market valuable land, mineral and water rights to communist China so they can set up large investment zones within America? Yes, absolutely. Also, we're looking at getting hit with a full meal deal. People say to me, what will be the false flag attack that will precipitate the need for martial law, or at least the excuse for martial law? Will it be an EMP attack? Will it be a cyber attack upon the banks and our economy collapses? Or will it be a nuclear detonation in Wall Street? Will it be a biochemical attack? Yeah, choose your poison. Yes, absolutely. The bottom line is, Sheila, I think we're going to get hit with a lot of these at one time. And the reason I say that we're going to get hit a lot at one time is they want to do shock and awe. They right. want to right. so paralyze us with fear that we don't know you know, which way the sun's coming up tomorrow. So I think that, that we're going to get hit with a lot of it. But I think one of the scenarios is this. I do think we're going to see a, a cyber takedown of the banks because this was actually rehearsed on November 10th of last year in London with Janet Yellen, head of the Federal Reserve, Mark Carney, the head of the Bank of London. The FDIC sponsored the drill, and it was 
widespread bank failure drill. What will we do? They tested it. Now, they didn't release the results of the test, but six days later in Seoul, South Korea, the G20 nations came out with a declaration that said, well, we've decided now that your bank accounts uh, across the world, they're not really money. And since they're not money, everything you have belongs to the banks. And, oh, by the way, now, you're in last place forever getting reimbursed if anything happens. Yeah, that was the day the G20 leaders whisked into Brisbane and they completely changed the rules of banking. And someone over at Zero Hedge called it the day money died. But rather than reigning in the masses and risky derivative casino, the new rule said they could prioritize the payments of banks' derivative obligation to each other ahead of everyone else. Bail-in has been sold as avoiding government bailouts and eliminating too-big-to-fails. It's kind of a neat, tiny little solution for bankers and politicians, Dave, who don't want to have to deal with another messy banking crisis. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. So they're preparing to take down the banks. When we had bail-ins here, Sheila, I think Americans would be happy to lose 40% of their money because I don't think they're going to get any of their money back. The FDIC only maintains 1.7% of the cash it needs to back up all the assets in this country, and that doesn't count fractional reserve banking. So that, that's, a, that's a real issue. But I think on the heels of the cyber attack upon the banks that will collapse the economy, food stops moving. Okay? And now you have food shortages within two or three days. That's when 13603 will come in. That executive order will take over. And then that's when I think the extraction drills come in. And that's when they're going to start taking out the resistors. And then I believe they're going to collapse the power grid and saying, well, why are they giving the solar to the Chinese? Well, that could be the replacement. And you know what's interesting, too, about those solar energy zones? They're placing them next to military installations. Here in Arizona, we have a huge solar farm that's not too far from Luke Air Force Base, the biggest training base in the world for F-16, F-35 pilots. So the Chinese are positioning themselves to overrun our bases should our military resist. I mean, I clearly see this as a preemptive move to get into the neighborhood of a military base. So I think we're going to get hit with a full meal deal. I think we're going to have random and scattered biological attacks. Like I said, the objective here is to frighten, and so the sheep will say, you know, hey, do you want to eat? You know, the food's not coming. You know, you got rioting people in the streets. Hey, but come get on our bus. Let's go to a FEMA camp, and we'll feed you. Remember, Hillary talked about fun camps. By the way, I wrote an article today I wanted to mention real quick. Um, it, it talks about how can you predict when martial law is going to happen, and I'd encourage people to read it, but the basic premise is this. I've done exclusive interviews, but one in particular with a pastor named Walt Mansfield, who was one of the first clergy response team members, and he said their training from DHS was to take place inside of FEMA camps. He also said they were prohibited from speaking about God or Jesus and quoting the Bible. Their sole job was to comfort people who were separated from their families. And also their job was to go to neighborhoods and homes where people were resisting being taken out and try to convince them to go in lieu of the SWAT team. So my premise is if you want to know when martial law training is coming, just know where the 28,000 pastors are at every moment. Find out if your pastor is a member of one of these groups. If he goes away for any length of time, I think you can bet martial law is on its way. Yes. You know what's scary, Dave, about these large investment zones 
when you look at the fact that they're controlled by communist China corporations, those are accountable to China's government. So they've turned over our energy grid to foreign countries, period. Whether it's ports, factories, towns, energies, under good old Pappy Bush, the Chinese were prohibited from buying interest in ports. But of course, the Obama administration reversed that. So we continue to borrow a trillion dollars from the Chinese. The interest on that is mounting daily. And then you've even alluded to this administration showing no end in sight of running deficits and borrowing from the Chinese. America's been completely sold off to foreign nations here, Dave. Oh, that's, we've been carved up like a Thanksgiving turkey. Yeah. There's no question about that, Sheila. We we are in deep, deep trouble. It's going to take a revolution to reclaim the country, in my opinion, and people don't want to hear that message. But the political process is lost. We may as well load Congress uh, on two Queen Marys and just sail them off to the Caribbean because they are absolutely worthless, along with John Roberts and the Supreme Court, who've also sold the Constitution of this country out. We have Obama. We have Obama and his communist minions that are running this country, and their sole purpose was to undermine this country. I had someone who called into a talk show I was on in Colorado last week, and he said, this is all crazy stuff. And I said, sir, can you name one thing that this president's done to improve your life in the six years he's been in office? Please, just one. I'm waiting. And he said, I said, I'm still waiting, sir. One thing he's done. Did you get an Obama phone? What do people look at here when they evaluate a president? This president has weakened our military in time of war. I mean, we're right on the edge of war, and he's weakened us. He's stripped us of our constitutional liberties. He's wrecked our economy. He's wrecked 20% of our economy through a substandard health care with death panels. He's not a citizen. He's a communist. He's a Manchurian candidate, and he was put in here to destroy the country, and I submit he's been very successful. Yeah, well... I guess he wasn't kidding when he said he was going to fundamentally transform America. But Dave, how does Congress go along with this kind of absolute destruction of the greatest country there ever was? Insider trading, kickbacks, uh, sweetheart deals. I mean, Dianne Feinstein was worth a million dollars when she got into the Senate. She's now worth $200 million because of all the lucrative contracts that she in her key senatorial positions as a chair has pushed to her husband's company. And no one even does anything about it. I mean, it's one criminal enterprise at Congress. And that's why I'm saying, just let's stop the pretense. We don't need Congress. Just send them on their way. Go ahead and pay them off and just get them out of here. Because if people write to their congressman, you're wasting your time. Well, Dave, in the waning moments, do you think that people fully understand the magnitude of the destruction that's coming here? I mean, the horror of this thing in action, you know, and all these other things culminate and the economic implosion and you can't afford to buy food, essentially. I want you to imagine you're a young man walking across the podium, getting your diploma, graduating from high school in June of the year you graduate. And in November of that year, you're in the jungles of Vietnam. A little dramatic shift in your lifestyle. We're about ready to experience something as a nation for every man, woman, and child that's way more dramatic than what I just described. Well, where do we go from here, Dave? Well, the the first thing that people could do, in Jade Helm, they're paying the county commissioners $150,000 to come in and terrorize their citizens in their counties. 
the people in, especially in Texas and Utah, need to go to the county commissioners and recall them from office. Get them out of there. Kick them out. Give the money back to the Fed and say, hell no, you're not coming in here. Go somewhere else. That's really one thing we could all do right now in the counties that are affected by this. Well, we can make some noise, and I sometimes wonder if there's ever been a time in history to start making some noise, Dave. Is it not now? Well, I think what I just suggested would be a good first step because it would signal to them, well, it might hasten their timetable too, but it would signal to them that we're not going to take it. I would say that people are beginning to wake up, but waking up is not enough. I agree with you, Sheila. The implication is we need to do something, and the something is call your mainstream talk shows. Write to your local politicians. They're still privy to local opinion. They're still vulnerable to what we think. There are things that we can do. We just need to get active. Tell your neighbors, even people who can't even tell you who the Illuminati are, the New World Order, the Bilderbergs, the Trilaterals, people that don't even know these names, know something is fundamentally wrong with this country. We have become a tin-horn dictatorship. We need to educate each other because I think we're in for a guerrilla war. Sometime I'll come back and I'll talk about that. I think that the revolution is going to take a guerrilla warfare, and I'll talk about our chances of success in a guerrilla war based on past history and what course the guerrilla war will likely take in this country. Dave, you have a very interesting guest on this Sunday. Who do you have coming on? I am fortunate enough to have my good friend Patrick Wood on. And Patrick Wood has written a book called The Rise of Transhumanism, and transhumanism has jumped ahead light years, so to speak. After we're in these stack and packs in America 2050 style, the next goal is for us to have a few slaves, half a million Georgia Guidestones, and the elite want to live forever carving out a nice little manageable serfdom by stealth. I mean, it just never ceases to amaze me how this depopulation plan is. It's really the end game, isn't it? Yeah, it, it truly is. And it's something that if we don't have to deal with in our generation, Sheila, and I do think we'll see it before we go, but certainly our children will have to deal with it. It is absolutely why you and I do what we do. And We are shedding light on these issues. So, Dave, thank you again for everything you do, and thanks for coming back on the program, and we look forward to your guest Sunday night. Yeah, great, Sheila. My pleasure being with you. Thanks, Dave. Folks, Dave's information is linked there at weekendvigilante.com. Bookmark The Common Sense Show. You can listen to his broadcast Sunday nights. And, folks, if you have not signed up for the podcast, click on the big pink button on the right-hand side and sign up and follow my podcast. And just a reminder to join us in our prayer group this Wednesday. Every Wednesday we fast and pray. I hope that all spirit-filled believers who believe that prayer is powerful join us in that time. Very powerful, and I really believe that is making an impact. Folks, if you are listening to this show, please do send me an email and let me know how you liked it. And again, we've got a great lineup for the rest of the week. So thanks for tuning in. Good night and God bless. The Sheila Zielinski Show is sponsored by SteveQuayle.com, offering a wide variety of products, links, headlines, and information for the end times. Order Steve's new book, Little Creatures, by visiting SteveQuayle.com. Dare to discover, learn, prepare, and be amazed.